Hello, welcome to Planted. We're back after a couple of months of a wee break. We are back for episode eight. Over the last six months, we've been pulling together all the stories of the Scottish Vineyard Churches, the leaders of those churches. How did they get to plant a church? What went on beforehand? What was God stirring? How were they feeling? Just really to get a get an in-depth look, really, and to encourage us. So you might be listening, thinking, I might plant a church one day. We hope this uh, encourages you. We hope you hear God through it. You might be thinking, I can see myself being on a team and going to plant a church. We hope this gives you an idea of uh, what goes on and the journey of the, the church planters. Or you might just want to be encouraged by stories and to hear what's going across, on across what's going on across Scotland and so you can pray and it informs your prayers. So we are episode eight, we've got Chuck and Taryn Freeland from Catalyst Vineyard Church, which was a fantastic conversation and I'm incredibly biased because I come from a Catalyst. We were sent from Catalyst Vineyard to plant Inverness Vineyard Church. We love Chuck and Taryn, they are incredible leaders and we always 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 whenever we spend time with them come away encouraged come away stirred come away thinking uh, yeah we can do this we can do this so we hope that you feel that in whatever context you're listening to this podcast that you feel god's uh, spirit in the conversations that you feel encouraged and you feel empowered to say yes to God, whatever that looks like, whether it's church planting or whether it's something completely different. So we're going to jump straight into our conversation. Lots of gold. You might want to even get a wee notebook while you listen to this as well. So much packed into it. And our prayer is that God speaks during this wee chat. So over to Chuck and Taryn and to me. Well, it's my absolute joy and privilege to have my friends Chuck and Taryn Freeland on the podcast today. Uh, why don't you say, give us a little hello, Chuck and Taryn? Hello, Chuck and Taryn. Hello. Yay. <laughs> uh, we're going to be chatting to these guys, unpacking different stories in their journey and, and what God's been doing in and through them and their heart for Scotland as well. They are senior pastors of Catalyst Vineyard Church. They also are part of the Vineyard Leadership Group of the Vineyard Movement in the UK and also regional leaders for Scotland uh, as well. So, and also, and amongst all that, and more importantly, they are two of the the best friends that Mary and I have in terms of uh, just our journey and in terms of calling out the gold in, in us. We wouldn't be in Inverness if it wasn't for them. And we've got so many memories and so many just great times with these guys journeying over the last 12 years, I think. 11, 12 years. Oh, mate. Oh, gosh. mate, you're making us cry. Are we, are we supposed to speak at the end of this? <laughs> so oh, it's, it's my joy and it's an absolute privilege to be hanging out with you guys. And uh, yeah, we pray it's a blessing, our conversation today, to everyone that's listening. And, and God does this thing uh, through, our, through our little chat. So why don't you guys start uh, with a brief story as to how you've ended up in Aberdeen and or just wherever you want to start. A little introduction to Chuck and Tarot. That would be that'd yeah. brilliant. Over to you guys. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having us. We've loved all the other podcasts. We really? recommend them. Oh, uh, they're amazing. They're so, so good. good. I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. 
the, the honest truth is, uh, I have no idea how we ended up here. But te- uh, would you say the same thing? Yeah. Like, we we um, were in Watford. We met we met and um, got married whilst we were in Watford. We we're part of Soul Survivor Church and the ministry there. We loved it. Yeah. And we learned so much from them. And so many formative things happened whilst we were there. And uh, Mike Pilavachi and the other leaders there just invested in us so much. And we're so grateful to them. And, um, and yet we kind of knew we wouldn't be there forever. And, and uh, North Watford is nice, but there isn't much grass there. And we wanted to bring our kids up in somewhere you know more expansive and perhaps with a little bit more beauty dare I say it (laughs) and also we were after an adventure we really really desperately craved an adventure with Mm. the Lord um I had Mike had been amazing for me because I'd had a dream of setting up a pregnancy crisis center and drop-in center and he just released me into that and allowed me to do that and I did that for a few years and loved it but just knew I was never meant to stay there and knew I needed to hand it on. And so we just started praying and we, we were just on a journey with the Lord saying, is there more? What do you have for us? And, you know, it is a bit of a cliche, but we did say we'll go anywhere and we would do anything for you, Lord. And we really seriously meant that. Yes. And and also we weren't just doing it alone either. Yeah, I think that's always yeah. a dangerous yeah. thing when a, a couple or an individual just seek God by themselves. We were doing it in a in community in a way so we had some good friends who were on the journey with us and they were deciding whether they were going to come too and and so there was a little crew of us who were eating together and worshiping together and praying together and seeking God together um and out of that came this sense of call to do something together that that landed us in Scotland so we we moved up to Scotland initially with this sense of maybe we'll start a, a, a festival for young people um, that was the the need that we perceived uh, and uh, so that was a part of the adventure and so we landed in Scotland with that sense and we went around and we met a whole load of leaders uh, and we asked them what do you think we're wondering whether we should do this and they said you should do this mostly and so and so we did and so we did our little youth festival in uh, Scotland for nine years we did. Yeah. Yeah. It was called Imagine. We yeah. did it for nine years and it was brilliant and we loved Remember it. Remember it well. Remember it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of fun, lots of faith, lots of God adventures, just doing that. It was brilliant. And, and, so, uh, and so we didn't know what church we were going to be part of. Uh, we knew that local church runs through our blood we knew we would have to join a local church uh, but we didn't know which one and and so we moved up to Scotland uh, and we looked for a church we joined a church you know and and we just put our feet under the table and got involved in a local church and then uh, through a whole series of events that no one was expecting least of all us least of all us we became the leaders of the church over over a period of a, a few years so it's, wow. it's crazy. I, I mean, that, I've no idea how it happened and no one was more surprised than us, but, but it has <laughs> been the kindness of God and we've, we've loved the adventure of it. Yeah. Amazing. Guys, tell us a little bit like pioneering. You said, Taryn, you know, you craved an adventure. You, you know, you can see that in, in those two steps in terms of moving north and also in terms of stepping into the leadership of local church. But tell us a bit about the process 
because uh, you know the processing, the decision-making process, what you had to give up, the, the net, you know the realities, the nitty-gritty, the conversations. Like, what were you feeling? Because you're, I, I guess you're leaving somewhere that's home, aren't you? And you have friends, and you have that that sense of belonging. But then seeing something something else. Like, yeah. tell us how you guys journeyed that as a couple individually. Was there was there tensions in the mix, or yeah? I think. I think for us, there was a sense that the Lord was unsettling us yeah. because we we loved the church in Watford. We loved the community. It'd been home to me since I was 18. I kind of grew up there. But there was this unsettling thing that the Lord was doing and creating a sense of possibility for something more and just not really knowing what that was, but just knowing I think the Lord might be wanting to speak. I think there might be something he wants to say. And so in that moment, then it's you can either bat it away, you can ignore it or you can go, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to put my best ear to you to try and hear what you're going to say. I'm going to carve out time. I'm going to ask other people. I'm just going to really try and be attentive to to that unsettling moment. And that's what we did. And um and we got to a place where we were desperate. We just knew that even if the entire thing failed, it flopped, it just fell apart horribly, that we still had to do it. Mm. And we were in that place. And so even though saying goodbye was really hard and we had some very, very dear friends, uh, a, a real community around us, it wasn't as hard as it could have been if we didn't have that sense of... Mm just got to go even if it fails it doesn't matter yeah yeah I think that's right I think you know what the Lord is looking for is people who are soft-hearted towards him isn't he he's looking for people who are just who are listening and who are just happy to do what they're told and and so that's what we've we've tried to be um yeah, I think our nature probably is that we do like an adventure. Like we love risk. We love, love yeah. taking risks. And I yeah. know for lots of people, they'll be like, oh, I don't think I do. But but it's those moments when we do like create that risk or throw ourselves onto the Lord that we just see him move mightily. And and we we made a decision when we got married. We didn't want to play it safe. Mm-hmm. You know, we did want to be people that had to rely on God. We didn't. We didn't want a magnolia life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think part of it is being involved in youth ministry as well, because when you're in youth ministry, you spend your whole time telling young people, you know, live the kind of life for which Jesus is the only possible explanation. You know, just dream big and 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 put your trust in Him. You know, now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And so, when you spend your life telling young people to do that eventually you realize oh my goodness they're, yes. that, they're, they're expecting that that's how we're already living you know yeah. so you've got to you've got to live up to the uh, the talk, the feeling, the, yeah. walk the talk. <laughs> why aberdeen like were you out at a restaurant chomping on the aberdeen angus burger or or <laughs> <laughs> listening to the football results how did 
Well, the truth is, we knew that God had called us to Scotland, but he really wasn't specific in where. And so we were very practical. We sat down and we said, we want to live by the sea and we want to live where there's not a huge amount of rainfall. And so when we looked at the stats and we looked at the map... And where we could afford. And where we could afford, Aberdeen was the place. And so we landed in Aberdeen and then us and the crew that we were with, we would just go searching around different areas of Aberdeen and the Shire, just looking at, is this the place we could live? Is this the place we could live? And actually, um, there was there's a funny story for Chuck and I that um, we the, the village that we live in, we... We went for a walk. It's got a beautiful beach. Everyone was going for a walk. Everyone was kind of, you know, earnestly like, Lord, is this the place you're calling us to? We had the biggest fight probably of our <laughs> marriage on that beach. Argument, <laughs> not fight. <laughs> Argument where we were just absolutely furious with one another. I forget what over. But anyway, we got in the car at the end and we both turned to each other. And we said, this is the place, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. And we've not moved since. We've been in the village, yeah, the whole time. We love it here. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great story. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, tell us a little bit about stepping into like church leadership as well, and and just that thing. Like you said at the beginning, you joked at the beginning. We can't quite believe, you know, we're doing what we're doing, and and yeah, tell us a little bit about that journey and the call into that. So you have the call to Scotland, you have the call to start this youth festival. And I think, like, never do that a disservice, guys, having been part of that. Never just say, oh, it's a wee festival. Like, you know, thousands of young people, different young people have journeyed. It's just to encourage you guys with that and having been part of that. Such a good time. And actually, you know, you don't know the true fruits of that, that, that season. And, yeah, uh, it's true, actually. The Lord has been kind to us in the sense that like, we've got members of our staff team now who came to yeah. faith and <laughs> committed the life to Jesus yeah. at Imagine. Love so that. we know, we, you know, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to dismiss it. Yeah. Uh, we loved it. We loved it. Um, I think we've always been passionate about local church. There was never a desire to, to start something that wasn't deeply rooted in connecting into local church. And, and, you know, as soon as we found the church, we were like, well, let's just serve, let's get involved, let's do whatever we can. Uh, we were often late, I think. Um, yeah. And, so, and they used to say, oh, it's so brilliant that these guys, they just come from Soul Survivor, but they're just sitting in the back row. It's like, no, we're in the back <laughs> row because we were always late. Dragging <laughs> our children. <laughs> yeah, we had very small children and trying to get out of the house was a challenge. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, uh, what do I... I I, I still think we're a bit bewildered, but I, I think ultimately what you have to believe is that that God puts stuff inside you and then it finds its way out. I think that, you know, I think we have to believe that, that somehow, you know, God had given us a sense of, you know, a whole bunch of gifts and um, a whole bunch of things that we're passionate about. And uh, over the course of time, that gets recognized by other people and, and and also by yourself by yourself you start to think oh do you know what when I did that or that you know people seem to think that that there was something of God in that you know and so it, it's a journey of deep humility to recognize that that God has given you something uh, and then it, and then there's a sense of stewardship with it isn't it it's like yeah. oh 
God's given me this, and now I'm responsible for for stewarding this this and 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 so there was all of that happening, just a recognition uh, that that this church there was a there was something of God in our relationship with this particular church, but but then also a sense of oh Lord, actually over the course of time, especially in one particular summer, you've given us a vision for a local church you know the kind of church that anyone could come to you know young people could come and it would make sense for them people who'd never been in church their whole adult lives could come and and they would meet Jesus you you know like you could invite your neighbors your work colleagues your friends uh, and they'd all go oh I I, um, I think this church is for me I think this I think you know I, I think they're expecting people like me and they want people like me to be part of it and and you know we wanted a church that served the poor and made an impact in the community and so we had this vision for a church and uh, and so over the course of time there was a, a kind of a the lord did a number on us and and we you know it's like a collision of gift and call and vision and the dreams that we harbored in our heart you know and and the lord made it possible for all of those things to collide and and we we started to feel like oh my goodness this is maybe what what we're for you know but that's that's a real that 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 process is like years years it's years and actually i would add one other word to that and that um for me and i'm sure it's for you as well is obedience like there were many times where I would really think, uh, who am I to be doing this? Or I can't do this. Or there's someone way better than I am. And so it's just being obedient to what God is asking of you to do, not looking to the left or to the right, comparing yourself, thinking, but actually finding um, just a real deep knowledge that, yes, of course, there's people that are better than you. Of course, there's people that can lead in a, in a clearer way, in a better way, communicate, you know, better and all of that, that stuff. But actually, God's given me the baton for this particular role at this particular time. Mm. And, and I love that. And I hold on to that all the time. Yeah. And, and I think obedience alongside all the other yeah. brilliant things you've said. <laughs> So you're, you've, you've taken over that local church and then it's just wild things happen. <laughs> you know, God, in the grip of God's grace and, and yeah. seeing uh, real growth. So tell us a little bit about that in a snapshot. And, and just, just a question, do you think the story was going to be like that? And how do you keep stepping into that, you know, with everything that you've seen or seeing? Yeah. I mean, we always say that that some of the things that happen in our church um, are the kind of things that you read about in books, <laughs> and it, uh, you know, and and yet, uh, and I think it's just the Lord's way of letting us know that He's in control. He's, you know, He He you, you, you introduced us earlier on as the senior pastors of our church. That's kind of true, but really, Jesus is the senior pastor. Mm. And so, like for example, we have this one guy who is part of the Lithuanian mafia. And I don't really know what this means, and and I don't really want to know what it means. But but you know he was he run to Aberdeen in fear of his life, and as and, and then just one day he was walking along the road, and he was just spontaneously and suddenly overwhelmed with a sense of shame, and he'd never felt it before. 
but it just, you know, instantly, so overwhelmed with shame, he thought, I'm going to have to do something about that. And he was looking around, like, is there, a, is there some way that I could just end my life because of my shame? And then he looked up, he saw our church building and he came and knocked on the door and he said, I just feel so ashamed. Is there anything at all you can do to help me with my shame? And we said, we're just having lunch at the moment. No, he didn't say that. (laughs) He said, come on in and and just introduce him to Jesus. And he became a Christian there and then on the spot. And like, uh, you know, stuff like that doesn't happen to us. (laughs) You read about it in books. But but there's something about being, uh, allowing God to be God that means that stuff like that happens. And and so we're really and so it's been a wild journey where the church has grown and people a whole bunch of people have come to faith and it's been exciting. It's been exciting. But every time we think we know what we did that made the difference, we do a bit more of that one thing and it makes no difference or it makes it slightly worse. So like you know yeah constant prayer is always Lord, don't let us get in the way. Don't let us get in the way. You know, we're really we just we recognize that we were in the grip of God's grace. Um, and and I guess the way to describe it is like surfing a wave, you yeah. know? We just felt like we we're surfing this wave. Yeah. And so it's been really fun. The church has grown and, um, you know, eventually it's become a multi-site church that meets in a whole bunch of locations across the northeast of Scotland and, um, you know, begun to plant churches and so on. But but it's all at the Lord's leadership, and we're happy with that. Yeah, it's good. So good, guys. So you said a little line about planting churches. Give us a little bit about that, uh, the story in the last couple of years, where that came from, yeah. how all of a sudden you're in Aberdeen. You know you're, you're moving to Scotland years ago, but it's almost like the landscape gets extended again in your hearts. So tell us how yeah. that happened. Yeah, so so even before we moved to Scotland, actually, someone gave us a book, and I forget the exact title of it, but it, it was about the tide running out or something like that in in Scotland, and it was a, it was a book about of statistics about the church, and it said that there were five hundred and seventy three thousand Christians in Scotland, uh, or people in church on a particular Sunday in Scotland, yeah. and and. Um, then the same people did the same church census in 2016. And, and so the first one was 2002, that in, in 2016 they did it again and it was 390,000. So literally a third of the church had disappeared over the course of a few years. And, and like we were just devastated. And it is actually like there's an apocalypse happening in the church landscape in Scotland right now. And actually... If you think about it, you know, there are loads and loads of churches that just won't reopen after COVID, you know, because because people are so, so elderly and uh, their numbers are so small that that, they won't, they're probably going to be closed anyway by their particular denominations and the whole thing has just been sped up. And so we feel deeply impacted by that you know there are thousands of churches that have closed over the over recent decades and we're like lord what what is there going to be for our children and our grandchildren you know like what kind of church will they get to enjoy and celebrate and be part of um and so we've lived with a sense of call for the last i don't know how many years it would be of like lord please will you just show us how we can play our part 
in writing a new future for the church in Scotland. You know, like a future that isn't just about decline mm. and about smaller and smaller congregations and fewer and fewer churches. Like, please, please, will you help us uh, to show, or please, will you show us what part we could play in just seeing that narrative changed? And, and so, um, for us, that's meant uh, you know spinning out a bunch of congregations uh, in terms of you know different. Um, expressions of our church family but then it's like but there are other parts of Scotland where it wouldn't make sense to be necessarily part of our church family but it'd be brilliant if there was a church like ours that you know people could go to Uh, and uh, you know there are lots of other people planting churches and there are lots of other things happening around the nation we're just trying to play our part and so we we felt like the Lord say to us hey you should just try and plant as many churches as you can and we were like well maybe we could plant one or two or three. And the Lord was kind of like, no, I was thinking more than that. And, and so we actually said to our church, let's see if we can plant 21 churches by the end of 2021, which we always knew was impossible. And, um, you know, given the fact that we're in 2021 now, (laughs) fairly unlikely, I'd say. I'm sweating over here. I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) But, I think we might end up having planted 10 churches, yeah. you know, over the course of a few years. We've uh, we've already planted five or six and, and we're thrilled. It's just such a thrill to see, you know, people who are great leaders, you know, already served our church family so faithfully, then just, you know, go on their own adventure and see God do amazing things. And, and so you guys were the first of those yeah. and it was very painful to say goodbye to you but but the right thing and so such an and so very exciting at the same time and to see what you guys have achieved in Inverness is just amazing and so inspiring and then everyone else who's following after you is doing an equally brilliant job in other parts of Scotland yeah. and so it's starting to feel like a thing yeah. you know the uh, the vineyard is planted we're not the only church you've planted in Scotland and and so there's there's a whole there's a bit of momentum excitement enthusiasm the wind of the spirit is in our sails and it's it's good isn't it it really is and for us it's family you know um even though you're not part of our church anymore we're still family and when you win Thomas we win yeah and and vice versa and that's how we see it and so it's like we're not just planting people out and going see you never it's like no we're still doing this together we're still on the same vision together we still want to see Scotland change for Jesus together and the more of us that can see that and do that the better yes and we we love it we love it Uh, uh, but so there's all of that and then just to recognize realistically even if we were to plant 21 churches and they were to all grow to a couple of hundred people that's like four and a half thousand people in a nation of five million people yeah yeah so so actually it it, addition is not going to work it's got to be multiplication it's got to be like we plant you guys and you plant somebody who plants somebody who plants some you know it's like it's got to be we're all at it you know, yeah. we're looking at every town, every city in Scotland. We're saying, you know, where else could we go? Who else could we reach? You know, it's it's about saying, well, there's already a vineyard church in such and such a town or city, but let's see how, how many more we could fit in there. You know, it's yeah. like, let's all, and let's collaborate. Let's go on an adventure together. 
And then God willing, the vineyard plays its part. And then yeah. so does the Episcopal Church and the Baptist Church and, and New Frontiers and so on. And we're all at it. Then there'll be something for our children and our grandchildren to celebrate and enjoy. Yeah, I think one of the things we'd love to see is a vineyard church in every university mm. city and town. You know, we would love we would love to see that in Scotland. And that's that feels like it could be doable. Yeah. And um, we're praying for that because when we send our kids off yeah. to university, mm-hmm. the likelihood is it's going to be in Scotland. We want them to find a great vineyard yeah. church. We yeah. really do. Yeah. And then every market town and, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. like obviously lots of Scotland is rural. Uh-huh. And so we're like, oh, you know, there'll be people who want it on the islands. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't wait to plant our first church on the islands. Maybe yes. you're listening to this yes. right now. Yes. Maybe you come on yes. let's do it yes let's do it. see what god might do yeah. with our yes if we all say yes together let's see what god might do that's right oh, that's good that gave me a shiver there that's exciting <laughs> it's so good uh, give us a couple of lines just around senior leaders you know speak to myself as well uh, in terms of people uh, in our churches great people how do we draw that out identify and yeah, just a couple, some wisdom just on going the journey with folk. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I would say is, and I'll say something and then Taryn will say something much more wise, but, but what, <laughs> I'll, what, what I would say is that um, uh, we're not looking for people who are ready to plant churches. Because, you know, if you if you look in your church and you think, well, I haven't got anyone who's ready to plant the church, that's because you haven't, develop them yet you know we, there are lots of people in our church who could plant a church so it's, it's our responsibility to help them to grow and to develop and to encourage them and and so um you know we're not into leadership repositioning we're into leadership development mm. and we want to see people grow um and so we're just looking around our church all the time thinking not just church planters it's like what you, you know like what and just looking at all the individuals, who who have we got? Who have the Lord, who's the Lord given us? And 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 what could they be doing if we invested in them? Yeah. And, and that's been the great adventure is to see people, you know, just grow and grow and grow and grow. And then and some of them stay and some of them go. But it's it, you know, the Lord's heart for all of us is to grow in God and to grow in faith and to grow in our knowledge of him and so it's just all part of the journey really yeah I would say I think to ask the Lord if like obviously there'll be loads of senior pastors that already got a vision for church planting but if if you feel like you used to and it's gone or you've never really had one then I would ask the Lord firstly for a fresh vision passion heart but for him to break your heart again, I guess, for that. Mm-hmm. Because then when you carry the vision, then it means the church does. Because it means it's a priority then. Because as the senior pastors, you're always going to be stirring the pot. You're always going to be in your talks, in your preaches, when you're leading. You're going to be stirring the pot of um, calling out people that are called 
to go and plant, yeah. you know? And so I think if you can keep stirring that culture, keep creating that culture, then people are going to rise. And also don't make it really difficult. Like some, you know, if you fill in this form in this discreet place and then like make it as easy as possible for anyone that wants to go church plant to have those conversations with you or, or another staff member or a volunteer um, and and just to keep talking about it over yeah. and over again. It's a good time. Yeah. I remember Taryn, like you, uh, whenever we were, when we were with you guys, and we'd need people for certain ministries. Like you'd always say, everything's in the room. And like what you used to do is you'd get a cup of coffee and you go up onto, you know, a view that you could see everybody, and you just pray over the room. And uh, yeah, like what that would allow you to do as well. And I've just wrote down, you know, seeing things that people don't see in themselves, right. and and that's what you guys have to a T in terms of calling that out in people. And, and that's such a key thing, isn't it? You know, calling yeah. out the stuff that people can't see yet. And then, yeah. you know, saying, come on the journey. Let's see what yeah. God wants to do. Because I see, yeah. you know, this is in you. Uh, because yeah. you're going to have a whole bunch of leaders um, that have the potential to lead and plant a church that will immediately discount themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, you're going to have people come forward and say, I think it could be me. And they may be reluctant, but they'll come forward. But there'll be other people that just won't. And it is our job as the senior pastors of our churches to to actually ask the Lord, who are those people? How how do I get a handle on that? Because actually, often they're the best planters. You know, they're amazing and they just don't know it. Mm. For the the last little bit, tying in with the, the name of the podcast being planted, it's a little section I've came up with called Weeds and Seeds. I'm going to create a little theme tune. Maybe Series 2 will have a little theme tune along time. <laughs> but um, weeds and seeds. So what are the things in, in your guys' story that, firstly, are, are the weeds, things that, you know, the Holy Spirit's had to pull out or identify, things mm-hmm. that, yeah, just, you know, aren't right? And what have been the seeds? What have been the life-giving moments or, ex- you know, spiritual exercises or mo- stories? What have been the things that have really fed you for... Yeah, I, I'll go first and say a weed, which is that I think the Lord has made us to be people who are who are kind of like future focused, right? So, so in one sense, we're we're never satisfied with how things are. We want to see more, or we want to, you know, we want to go on an adventure with Jesus. And and the problem with being never satisfied is that we're never satisfied. <laughs> You know, like we, I think if there's one thing that I would say to my younger self, as as it were, I would say, make sure you enjoy the moment. You know, make sure you take the opportunity to just look at what God has done before you focus on what he hasn't done yet or, um, you know, the journey's still ahead. And I think often we have, um, because we focus on on the future and what hasn't happened, we can easily be discouraged in the midst of some some remarkable and beautiful things, and and that's not right, you know. So I, I think I would want to encourage myself to just enjoy the moment and to celebrate what God has done, and to look around a bit, you know, it was just to kind of just smell the roses a bit, just to look around and think, you know, Lord, you've been so unbelievably kind look at what you've done look how far you've brought us so far 
I think that would be a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think the weeds would be my own self-talk, really, the negative voice that can so easily interrupt and accuse or who do you think you are and really listening to that voice um and particularly if you I would describe myself as a reluctant leader I'm not someone that would go yes I'm you know I've got it all together and so it's very easy to succumb to that voice and to listen to that voice and get dragged down by that voice which ultimately is there to cause you to remain stilted and stuck and not to move forward and so um, that is definitely a weed for me it's something that I'm constantly working at I haven't nailed it um, but I'm much more aware of it and I know that I just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other but that is a battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. And then the the seeds. I think um, the thing that has helped me to grow the most, uh, I don't say this in any way flippantly, is is crisis. I I I believe in the classroom of the deep end. You know, I I and I think that. If I look back over my life, the, the times when I've, my leadership has grown the most or, um, you know, I've developed the most in terms of character or in terms of my intimacy with the Lord, they've all grown in times when I felt out of control and where I've had to rely on God and, and where I've had to press in deep into him. And so um, I think, you know, obviously we're in a pandemic. It is a crisis. I think let's none of us waste the opportunity that we have to grow in God, to depend on him more, to see our leadership and our character grow um, in this moment. I think there, there is an opportunity and an invitation for all of us to, to step into the classroom at the deep end and to learn a lot. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we often think crisis is a bad thing and obviously there's lots of bad things that happen in crises but there are also things that can be redeemed yeah yeah brilliant yeah and i would say seeds uh, touching on maybe a little bit of what you said earlier but um because we are so future focused um i think i think probably is a vineyard a like little a celebrationary moment that I think John and Eleanor first spoke to us about, which is about celebrating the little things. Mm. Because actually, don't wait for the big thing because the big things often never come. And it's yeah. celebrating the journey of the little things. And what they said to us is make sure you've got a bottle of something in the fridge that you can crack open and you can you can thank God for and you can celebrate. Yeah. And and we've taken that advice and yeah. I think think we've given it as well to many people because we found it so yeah. helpful yeah. and um just a moment to pause and to be in the moment and to thank the lord and to look how far you've come because the reality is the little things are actually the big things yeah so good i remember you saying that you shared that with us and i remember that evening i walked over to the co-op in ellen and got like a couple of mini proseccos and put them <laughs> in our fridge and even as we've moved here, like we keep the bottle corks and we write yeah. on the bottle corks. But then, oh. it, then it was getting a bit worrying because we're literally celebrating everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
and you know the, the lines of my, the line of bottle corks on my bookcases was becoming a bit worrying. So uh, yeah, we take that on. It's such good advice. Any little parting statements or rallying calls? I guess as we bring the this episode to a close, anything you want to say? There's going to be all sorts of people listening. I think I think I think I just again to reiterate, life is too short. Don't waste your life. Don't don't put up with a boring life a play it safe life a mundane life step into an adventure with jesus whatever that looks like whatever that may be take some risks say yes even when you don't want to um put yourself forward if if no one else has spotted you recognize something in you then just say i think god might be doing something in me can i unpack that with you can we talk about it just take some risks and let god do the rest and just be obedient in the journey. Don't feel like you need to see it all, like A to Z. Just go A to B. That's all you need to do. He loves faithfulness. He loves you. He's for you. And he's got an amazing adventure. Brilliant. Come on. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time, Chuck and Taryn. And uh, yeah, it's just a pleasure to hang out and chat. See you soon. Thanks for having see us. You, Thomas. Bye.